Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, 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 amigas. Welcome back to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. So I interviewed this beautiful soul, and her name is Isabella Ortega, and uh, she's a senior now at UC Santa Cruz, and she's studying legal studies. And um, her way of being and living is truly inspirational. Um, She's very knowledgeable and very smart and very practical. And uh, she says that she's living through her experiences to see what makes her truly happy. And that her goal in life is to live her happiest life and see where the wind takes her, which is really wonderful to hear um, because, you know, sometimes we get, you know, we get bogged down with what's going on in life. And rather than just be just being, you know, and she's just a beautiful soul who has learned how to navigate life, whatever has thrown her way um, during COVID. And then now we're out of COVID. And so this is a special interview for all those beautiful souls who have kids her age, who are college bound, or who will be in um, college bound. So this is for you mamas out there who have children that are adolescents or or young adults, and um, they're trying to navigate things through social media, and then what happens? So this is a beautiful, special conversation with her, and I'm so privileged to have And I love doing these series with um, young adults because they give insider look and perspectives, especially for us adults to find out like, oh, maybe they give us insight and then more clarity as to how we um, get to navigate with our kids, uh, our young kids. So I love this conversation with her. And um, without further ado, this is Isabella Ortega. Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Um, today, I have a lovely, lovely young lady, 
and I have the pleasure of knowing her mom very well. She's one of my besties, and I feel like super confident that you're going to love and adore this wonderful young lady. Her name is Isabella Ortega, and uh, she's young, obviously. We had someone here on the podcast a couple of months ago who was in high school. So now we're going to get a perspective on the college level and entering the workforce very soon. And so I really thought it was important for us to uncover, unpack what is in the mind of these young adults, because obviously COVID has done a number and we're going to really talk about that. And we're going to talk about social media and all the things that we have um, during this uh, special time in our lives. Obviously, I'm not 21. <laughs> I'm way older <laughs> than that. I could be her mom. And um, life when I was in college was very different. There was no social media. There was no pressure like that at all. And so to hear somebody else's take on that is super important for us as amigas who are navigating this world for our children. And I feel very, very much aligned with, with this young woman because we get to unpack and discover what these kids are going through, you know? And um, I know as a mom, I always, I'm always super curious because I'm also a mother, but to an 11 year old. So things will change by the time she becomes 21 years old. But at this present time, what Isabella has in terms of knowledge is going to be tremendously helpful to all of the moms out there and the young ladies out there. Mm -hmm. So welcome so much. I welcome, welcome, welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast, Isabella. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and share with you all the knowledge that I have on my experiences in college and social media and giving you my perspective. Oh, beautiful. Well, thank you so much for that. So I know I spoke briefly that, you know, you're one of my besties uh, daughter, but for those amigas that don't know uh, Dr. V and aren't aware of you. So why don't you give us a little perspective? Where are you from? What's your name, complete name, and uh, your parents? Let's talk about your parents as well. Well, I'm from Pasadena, born and raised here. I My parents are both college professors. That's Dr. V. And then Dr. O is my dad, Dr. Ortega. And they both work in the community college force. And I look up to them so much. They have definitely helped me through my college experience as well on where to apply, how to apply, and given me just great guidance. And I'm so grateful for them because I definitely wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. And yeah. Yeah. Well, wonderful. You know, I, I love that you're, you know, talking about your parents and how they're, you know, they're educated. They, they're not only college educated, they are graduate level. And I would like, I mean, I want to say that although I don't have the statistics on hand, but given my, I'm 49 years old and knowing who I know, there's not a lot of, you know, Latinos professionals, 
like Mm -hmm. that at that PhD level. And I'm so, so excited to interview you because you kind of, I feel in my opinion that you're mirroring what my daughter is going to go through because she, you know, my husband and I are both graduate level, you know, professionals. And um, I know the experiences when you have someone who's guiding you on the education side, um, it's so valuable and it, you know, gives you a lot of, you know, it gives you um, a a pep in your step, if you will, because now you have you have a source you can go to to discuss topics that um, maybe other people don't have. So with that, do you in your experience, obviously, they guided you throughout, you know, your your life. Have you ever felt like pressure? Like, well, you know, they're PhD. I have to be PhD. Like, did you ever feel that? Because I feel like sometimes certain kids do feel pressure by these like really diehard, not diehard, but just uh, professionals that um, have been able to guide. And um, you feel like maybe, you know, we're a bit unworthy or like have trouble and like, oh, my God, how can I measure up to my parents? Have you ever had any of those thoughts? I definitely, school has always been a main priority for me. Like I've had tendencies where I've chosen school above like my health. And that's definitely something where I did feel a little pressure, 100%, because both of my parents, you know, expect so highly of me as they should because of all the resources they've given me and all the investments that they put into my education which I'm extremely grateful for. But yes, I I did have a lot of anxiety going into school. I was not extremely um, ahead during my elementary years. And it felt I felt very frustrated with myself because I was a very slow reader. I wasn't a great writer. And obviously my mom helped me in that way where she put me in tutoring because I would cry to her and I would be frustrated. I didn't understand why I wasn't as fast as a learner as everyone else in my class. And I would work so hard and I would get my report cards back and it wouldn't be straight A's in elementary school. And I didn't understand that because I was like, I feel like elementary school is like, you know, these are baby steps in education and I shouldn't be struggling so hard. But, you know, she did everything in her power to make sure that I felt like I was getting the help that I needed. And that's basically all I did. Like I tried so hard and I was so motivated to make sure that, you know, I could make my parents proud as well. I wanted to be proud of myself as well, but I also just wanted to make them proud. And eventually, once I got to middle school, I started seeing like a huge improvement in myself and how I was writing, how I was interpreting information. And I started to get straight A's. And that was something that I felt so accomplished. And I think that was the biggest accomplishment in my developing years. And it's just something that I always remember. And I like get so emotional sometimes thinking about it because of how hard I was struggling. And it was funny because that's when people started to struggle. And then that's when I started to improve. And I was like, wow, I'm very, I'm very impressed with myself. And 
then I got to high school and everything just started falling into place. Like I knew my study habits. I knew what worked for me and I started to really excel in my education and I did feel that I didn't take advantage at the time during high school of the resources that my parents did have because I kind of was like, oh, like, you know, I understand the way that I that I am now. And I kind of just like was at ease with that. But they they still they still did everything that they could for me. And I did take advantage of the fact during like my junior year, because obviously that's when you start applying for colleges and doing the SATs, which I know isn't required anymore, which is really interesting. Oh my God. I'm glad that you you brought that topic up because I don't know. I'm a, I'm a bit concerned about that. And 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 I mean to be quite frank, I'm like I'm kind of annoyed by it because I know if all of us prior had to take an SAT to show worthiness and proof that you can be excellent in college. And now it's being taken away. I'm like, what the heck is going on? What's your view on this? I honestly, I feel bad for the people who cannot take the SAT anymore. Cause I think that was like a gateway to show your thinking and testing skills for people who maybe didn't have a great GPA. And I feel like that was a door for people to like, just kind of show themselves off, like studying for the SAT and doing well on it. And then maybe not having the best GPA, you could have better opportunities with a good SAT score. So for people who, you know, don't take it, I guess must have a great GPA and can, you know, maneuver through that. But at this, I think it's still an option, like it's, but it's not a requirement. And I, I don't know. I, I think that's a huge shift. Yeah. Just, I know it started happening because of COVID and the resources weren't there for yeah. people to take it. And I know that it could probably lead to a lot of um, cheating, which I know isn't allowed, obviously. And it probably, I think that's a huge reason. But I wonder, like, what would have happened if COVID never happened and we still have SATs and even, like, the LSAT isn't required anymore for law school. Are you kidding me? I'm a lawyer, so I'm like, what? Yeah. So it's not even required. Like, you can just go in through GPA again, but you would have to have an amazing GPA. But I'm definitely still going to take the LSAT because I just... I want to, and I want to have that experience. And I feel like it's also, it's good to learn. Mm -hmm. It's not everything, but at the same time, I feel like it's a great developing skill. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, (laughs) it's very, it's very interesting to me. Oh God. If it's interesting to you, you can imagine someone who took all the exams. Oh, I know, like, it's I know. frustrating because we, uh, many of us 
were denied entry into these institutions because of not having a great score. You might have had all the grades, but you didn't have a great score. So if you didn't have a great score, you're definitely not going to get into an Ivy League. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So this is very like, I feel like it's like stranger things. (laughs) (laughs) What the the Twilight Zone? Yeah, the Twilight Zone, my era. I'm, (laughs) I'm telling you like, wow. So you think this all happened because of the COVID thing? I do think so because I mean every, every no one could go anywhere to take the exams but at the same time I don't know if this was like an ongoing plan that was already planned ahead of time before covid and thinking about oh maybe we don't need this anymore. Yeah. I don't know but I think that covid was the reason why well that's when I started seeing changes like that. Everything mm-hmm. changing like that's yeah. when I heard like the next incoming class what like they didn't have to do that and I was like what the heck because I know people like dedicate their entire high school career into studying for the SAT the ACT just to get you know a very good looking score to get into the the colleges they want to get into and of course for the LSAT too people take years to study for it or as long as they want to get into the school they want to. And I do think it is very conflicting, Mm. but I don't know. I think COVID was when I, when I learned about all this and when I saw changes drastically, like I was like, wow. Cause I obviously have some friends that are a year younger than me or a couple of years younger than me. And just seeing them, they don't have to do that. So weird to me. Well, I tell you, I'd be like, that's effed up in my opinion. (laughs) I'm like, what do you mean you can't, you don't need to? What? Bust my ass. Like, it's not fair to be quite honest, right? For those that have. And I know that you took your SAT and you scored a 1470, which is bravo, my friend. Like, that is amazing. It just goes to show the level of intelligence that you have. And so that is a great marker, you know, a great marker of how you're going to do in school. And um, hopefully, hopefully they bring it back. (laughs) I know. Maybe it's like a test run and seeing how it would work. I mean, I don't really know the statistics or the results of how it's going. I know that a lot of people as well because of COVID have decided to go to community college instead. Yeah. Just I think for economic purposes and also just the COVID is I don't even I don't honestly. Yeah. yeah. Well we'll it, see. I'm I'm sure the education system is changing quite yeah. drastically every day. And I know that there are all these other concepts that like DEI and I'm like, oh my God, what is, is that like affirmative action? But then it's not. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, there's just so many changes. So my love, so you got your SAT score. So you applied to different colleges and you ended up where? I ended up at UC Santa Cruz because I got a full ride there. Okay. And I thought at the I mean, at the time that during COVID, 
it was the best option for me. And I absolutely love the campus. It's definitely not your normal campus style because it feels like more of a summer camp, like because you're in the middle of the forest and you're around nature all the time. Like we have turkeys, deers all over campus and um, it's just so beautiful in the trees just being surrounded by a bunch of serotonin in nature. Oh, I love that. You're like, yeah. if serotonin in nature, yeah. some of that, I need that. <laughs> I need that in my life. <laughs> wow. So tell me, okay, so you get accepted to UC Santa, uh, Santa Cruz. And so then COVID hit. Yes. Okay. So tell me, how how did that look for you? I remember... I got my first college acceptance right before COVID hit. So I got accepted to Cal Poly slow and I was during, it was during one of my, my high school retreat. And this was in February, I believe. And then all of the, the UC acceptances were coming out around like my birthday, which was like more like the week of like March, 15th ish and that was and then lockdown and everything like everyone left school everything on the like March 13th so it was like I was opening my college acceptances during the crazy lockdown quarantine time and I remember everyone just freaking out about getting toilet paper that was everyone's main concern but I was opening up my college acceptances and it was just such a definitely a surreal moment where I'm kind of inside not being able to really celebrate with family or anything or even like my graduation just so crazy but yes when I got accepted I was happy but it was like I, I was like do I go visit the campus or do I stay indoors or I don't know. It was just so confusing to me. And, but I decided to stay home my first year to, you know, just save money. Cause I know like it was also very, very hard to get a spot on campus. You would have to say that either someone in your household had COVID or worked in a hospital or there is no way for you to live at home. Mm. you have to submit like a form to be able to get housing or just to live in the dorms and I just decided to just stay home and save the money instead of going through the hassle of submitting an application saying that I cannot live at home because yeah reason maybe my life is in danger right yeah I mean I kind of missed that whole year Mm. but I I did make make it work I decided to join a sorority via online because I wanted to meet people. I felt very isolated. I was, you know, just, I was in college, but at a UC, but I'm at home. Right. It was, you know, it was very difficult for me. And I made do and reached out to people. People reached out to me too. And actually that was a, if we're going to get into social media, that's one thing that I do appreciate Mm -hmm. where the people 
like during my class, incoming freshmen who had the difficult times of COVID made a page, a UC Santa Cruz class of 2024 page to you submit a picture, a couple pictures of yourself saying like, oh, like I'm, I'm majoring in this. My name is this. I'm from here. And these are my hobbies. I like this. Just kind of like, just to make friends. Like, and I, I never submitted a photo or anything, but like I did go on the page. I followed the page and I ended up like, I would like the photos and then people would like reach out to me. And that's the people that basically that I'm living with now in my housing in Santa Cruz. So it's kind of funny how that all worked. Yeah. But the sorority helped me find the friends that I live with now. And it was interesting doing it online, but it was a great way to network with people. And I'm still friends with so many. I'm not in the sorority now because it is a lot of money. And I also just feel like I can't put my full investment and time into it. Yeah. But it was extremely useful. And I just, we, I gathered a, a couple people and I reached out and I was like, we should make a trip up to Santa Cruz to visit. And I didn't know these people, which was crazy, but I knew them through the recruitment online. Yeah. And I decided, okay, you know what? We're just going to take a chance. We're going to, you know, plan this trip up to Santa Cruz with these people I don't know. And we're going to meet at my at my house and we're going to drive up there and we're going to meet each other while we drive up and get to know each other on the drive up. And that's exactly what we did. And I absolutely love all those girls. And now I live with all of them. Yeah. We did this like maybe five times during our freshman year where we just got together again, went up visited met people in like on campus or just in the sorority and we we made it work yeah I mean obviously we were safe about it we got tested before and we safely drove up and did that and I don't know just something that I totally forgot that I did yeah but that's so that is so what a a quest to find connection. Yeah. You know, and, and what an adventure because that does take adventure. And also it takes like a willingness to, you know, dive into uncertainty because you don't know whether this person has COVID or not. I mean, yes, they test, but I mean, it's still like a leap of faith for sure. A leap of faith. Right. But that's beautiful because it's like what they say when when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. And you guys were making lemonade, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. right? Well, that's wonderful, and and it just goes to show how resilient you are and creative. That no matter what the circumstances are, whatever the environment is, you're not going to fall victim to those things. Rather, you change your mindset and 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 find a way to connect and to find your happiness because being in isolation is not fun whatsoever. And especially for a young adult, because this is the time you get to socialize and make all the mistakes before you become a true, true adult to be quite candid. 
You know, <laughs> I remember as a 21 year old myself, I'm like, God, I did so many things. I'm so glad that there was no social media out there to, <laughs> <laughs> to document what I've done. <laughs> but, you know, you you actually use social media to actually connect. And I think that is the beauty. One of the one of the nice things about social media is that. But then there's the flip side of it. And I'd like to find out a little bit about what your thoughts are. What are the negatives about social media, whether that's an Instagram or Facebook or some other media outlet? I I do think that there are a lot of negatives into social media. Just like to explain like this generation and what I've seen in my experience, a lot of people have turned it into more of a superficial competition and there isn't really much meaning to it anymore like for me I like social media to the point where I like to share my my art like it's more of like art to me where I I like to go somewhere and pick a place that looks beautiful to me like artistic and then I like to dress up and my clothing, which is, I, I see it because I'm, I love fashion. So I love to dress up and it's kind of like my art and just show that off in a way where it's just like, that makes me happy, but it's not like I'm trying to be so superficial or like for people to, you know, comment on my pictures and be like, Oh, like you're so hot. Like <laughs> or something like that's basically where it's come to, where it's like this superficial thing where they don't people don't know me like and you're just going to comment on my appearance or my physique just stuff like that and also I know that it's become like this toxic area for developing adults where people are comparing themselves to what the normal is where it's very skinny women or very built men and people feel that pressure where it's like why am I not like that why am I not normal and you know it really messes with people's mental health and I think that social media is it's definitely become just a very toxic area and again like this competition Mm, and it's kind of sad to see that, you know, younger, younger kids are believing that this is what you're supposed to look like. Like I've seen 13 year olds, 12 year olds that look like me, like, or the wearing makeup and wearing like, you know, things that they probably shouldn't be wearing. Like they just look so much older so much older because of social media. Like for me, when I was 11, 12 years old, I was just wearing like, like neat target clothes or like from justice. Yeah. (laughs) Just like very, very age appropriate, age appropriate things. I don't know. Like I I had feathers in my hair. Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't know. It's just like seeing like this, this shift where younger kids want to be older already. 
yeah and look older and act older and like not embrace like the childhood and all of the innocent things that you're supposed to be doing and I just don't see that anymore honestly I I I get what you're saying the innocence is being lost yes because of this the I mean obviously you got marketing campaigns when you have these designers create these beautiful outfits but it's like these kids who have access to Instagram and access to these social media outlets are looking at this and they're thinking that they need to look that way too. Yes. And so it's incumbent upon parents to make sure that we monitor and be like, no, that's make believe. Yes. You're only 11 years old. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're not going to wear that. No, you're 11. (laughs) <laughs> and I say that and I remind myself because I'm a mom to an 11 year old. So, yeah. so um, it's always important for us to, as parents, to check up on the kids. And and um, I say that because, you know, we had a situation and we had to really like hammer it down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we are we are concerned parents and we like we like, yes, it's going to be it's going to happen this way. I'm the adult, I'm your mom, and you don't get to do this. But there are parents out there that are very much distracted and don't, are not involved. And then we see the ramifications of not being an involved parent. Then the kids start getting involved in drugs, which Mm -hmm. is another thing that happens in social media. So I know normalization in in social media where it shouldn't be, I think. Yeah. Is. All these things are being normalized when I think that there should be boundaries, but there's no boundaries to social media. No, there's not. There's not. And the parental controls don't work. I'll tell you that much. Because yeah. They go you around, find a way around it. There's, there's a, a workaround. <laughs> there's a workaround <laughs> on that. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a, yes, the social media is a, it's good and it's bad. But for you, do you find it that it's been more, beneficial for you or or the other way around um I guess when with COVID it was it was extremely useful I am very grateful for it in that in that sense where I was able to connect with you know my friends but also it is really stressful to be on there I mean I know a lot of people now like in my generation are now feeling like they don't want to be on social media anymore and just remove it from their lives. And a lot of people have been talking about that, just kind of in a constant conversation, at least in my age group. And I kind of understand that because I do spend, you know, a lot of time on it and I'm like, why is this become part of my routine? Why is this routine? I just feel like I could be doing so many better things than being on social media. Because when I go on there, sometimes I do feel really sad because they'll have like, just like obviously like beautiful, beautiful girls, very skinny girls, where like I will, you know, feel, I'm like, why am I comparing myself right now? Like I shouldn't be doing that. Or things like people having their complete life together at my age or even younger and 
it makes me feel like I don't have my stuff together when I'm like, wait, like there is no correct way of, you know, knowing what you want to do or I don't know. I just, it's, it's a lot of pressure and I get anxious sometimes being on social media and I feel like I, I don't really need it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, of course not. No, like that's basically, I feel like a lot of people could relate to that in my age group and maybe, I mean, maybe even younger now. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's, it, I mean, I can tell you from the, from the side that where there's, there was nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing. Uh, emails were invented when I went to college. That's how far back. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, this a whole different level that you don't need because we found ways just like you found a way to connect with your friends in, in other parts of the country to go to see, uh, to UC Santa Cruz and visit, you know, you found other ways you find other ways to connect where there's a will, there's a way I always say, and, um, connection doesn't have to be social media related. I agree. You know, you can go old school, pick up the phone and call. <laughs> no, please. I love calling, actually. That's like my favorite thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been, you know, now from my understanding, nowadays kids are just texting and that's all they do. Oh, I know. I that's, know. That's all they do. And I'm like, this is the form of communication. And, I, and I'm like, wow, whatever happened to listening to each other's voices? Yeah, no, there's like a term for that. It's called screenagers. Ooh, do talk. What does that mean? Well, screenagers is kind of like you grow up with social media and you're growing up with technology. And that's basically what, I mean, it's kind of like a lifestyle. Again, a part of your routine. Yeah. Just being on a screen. So it's like screenagers. So wow. you just grow up with technology. See, I, I, I'm learning things every day. Thank you for that. Screen agers. Oh, my God. Then we got to stop the screen agers. <laughs> my daughter would be part of that category. Yeah. That group. Screen ager. It's true because that's mm-hmm. all she knows. Like mm-hmm. she has no idea that of the ancient phones we used to use. <laughs> <laughs> and then we actually had to memorize phone numbers. Yes. <laughs> the, those are like important milestones in, in learning and development, mm-hmm. retaining information that you we've done since we were kids. So now older kids don't have to memorize those things. Yeah. Really interesting, interesting, interesting. Oh my goodness. And so now that... You know, you're now a senior, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what What do you find to be the next step for you? The next step for me, hopefully, I I want to get an internship for a law firm and see and test the waters and see like if this is for me, and if it is, get like the year of experience and then apply to law school. Like, well, you know, I'm doing the internship study for the LSAT because, yes, I'm going to take it. Yeah. <laughs> and then just go for it and see, like, just go to law school and see if that's what I want to do. Because I don't think there's anything wrong with not necessarily knowing what you want to do, but just 
always moving forward. Just mm-hmm. have a path for yourself. And, but again, like I'm pretty sure I'm just going to go for it, go for law school and see if it's for me and see what I could do with it. Maybe I was also thinking possibly doing like business and law at the same time, mm-hmm. but we'll just have to see. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely different ways. I have some friends that have an MBA and and a law degree, so definitely capable, you know, and it really does help you, especially if you want to be an entrepreneur, you can be an entrepreneur of your own law firm, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't advise to do it out of the gate. I really feel you need to get experience, but definitely in the long run, it does help out for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Well, it sounds like you have a lot of amazing things going on. So my love, um, I know as we're kind of getting to the end of our interview, I always ask my amigas um, if they could provide one or two tips on how an amiga can handle her shit. (laughs) (laughs) How to handle your shit, amigas. I would say do not ever feel pressured to you know, given to any type of social media normalization or anything that you think that would make people uncomfortable, do what you want to do, be your authentic self. And if it makes you happy, then that's all that matters. Yeah. 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 Just if you're happy, then that, again, that's all that matters. Don't care. Don't Think about what everyone else is doing. Don't compare yourself. Do what you want to do. Right. Yeah. Thank you for that because I I often believe that there are, you know, young adults that are doing things because it's expected of them or doing things because uh, for social credit or, you know, for grandstanding for whatever reason, but not because they really truly want want to do that act or become that person, mm-hmm. right? Awesome. So Isabella, I also wanted to see, is there anything you'd like to tell us, tell other amigas um, that, that we haven't discussed? Honestly, I feel like we've covered really, you know, great topics. And I mean, honestly, for me, what I've learned through just because I I feel like I I do give into a lot of the pressure sometimes and I'm not perfect I'm not perfect at all and I will compare myself to other to other people because there are other students or all other colleagues that I have that have their stuff together know what they want have jobs lined up for them internships and I am kind of like in the middle of that. I'm in like this weird middle ground where I don't really know exactly what I want to do, but I do know I do want to further my education. And I have realized that that's okay to not know what you want to do and to learn through experience and to learn what makes you happy. Because I feel like I just started living because I barely got out of my, my house and I barely started getting on my own. And yes, I had a late start because of COVID. And 
you know, I'm giving myself that time to really live through experience and, you know, learn about myself, not through you know, my, my parents, but on my own. Yeah. And I think that this is something that I'm doing now and I'm taking it all in and just, again, the moral of the story is it's okay not to know what you want to do, but just keep moving forward. And eventually you'll find like you'll, your, your path will be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It's not about the, the details. Those will unfold as you take action. Exactly. And so, and for, you know, young ladies, amigas out there to understand that many of us, I'm not young, not young, not a young one. <laughs> I'm young at heart, but we sometimes get stuck in the minutia and the details. And it's like, get out of the details, come into your heart, feel it, and then move forward. Because if you if you get stuck in the minutia, in the details, you're never going to take action. You're going to stay the same. Yeah. And what's the point? For We got to live. And living is just allowing, come from a place of allowing and, and feeling abundant and just really um, getting clarity as to who you are and who you will be and who you want to become. Exactly. And it's okay to know that you, you don't need to know right now. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so excited for what you've just told us. And I'm looking forward to having more conversations with you because obviously you are Dr. V's daughter. So <laughs> I will see you soon. And so I'm so grateful to you for your voice and for sharing everything um, that you know about the college life. And um, thank you so much for being here on Amiga Handle Your Shape podcast. Of course. Thank you for having me. You're absolutely welcome, my love. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.